0: are there any you know yeah like all the paychecks um yeah and i actually googled it so really virtual assistants in australia so depending on where you're listening to this from but it says you have to pay between 35 dollars and 50 dollars an hour mm-hmm. and we've put also some links in the show notes so i actually found virtual assistants as well on oh, a right. website upwork and upwork is a website that i also recommend if people are looking to delegate things to that they go to that website So we've just got a link there of just examples, at least. I think it's all about, you know, kind of looking and, you know, one of the things that Deborah really reinforces that she's making people's jobs and their lives easier.
1: Yeah, that's it. Taking some of the pressure off. We don't need any more pressure, to be honest. We've got enough.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, there's some things like I remember I was listening to a podcast a while ago and one of the women, she was talking about, you know, her business and she said, you know, I just, I hire a cleaner because my time is better used working on my business than it is doing the cleaning of my house. If I could hire somebody for 25 to $50 an hour to do that, where I charge, you know, she charges upward of, you know, yeah. over a hundred or whatever an hour. So.
1: Yeah. And I yeah, think so- the hours, um, the hours are great. Obviously there's a huge benefit to small businesses uh, getting involved in it. Um, not even small, small to medium businesses are using virtual assistants, but, also, I think from um, their perspective, the people who work in that industry as contractors, you can control your hours a little bit, um, which is great. You know, if you need to go on holidays, when you're running your own business, it's a little bit more managing. Whereas if you're working for someone else as a contractor, you're just like, I'm going to go away and you can sort that out and I'll see you later. So um you know very politely of course but i think it does give you that little bit of uh extra freedom to not have to worry so much about what's going to happen to the clients it's up to the company to kind of sort that out so um i think it gives you a bit of freedom and flexibility but um i was just going to make the point lauren that um I'm pretty sure you're aware that you and I are both sort of A-type personalities, depending on what quiz you're doing or what test you're doing. I also come up as a, a D, which is dominant um, personality. I'm a D. And that's, yeah, someone who should run their own business, do their own thing, more of a leader than a follower. And I think we both um, definitely relate to that. And I was just going to talk yeah. about this briefly because the theme of today is sort of putting your hand up. It's about delegation, really. And I know that I found and this is my experience and I'd be interested to hear from you if you felt the same way. Um, I found it really hard to head over jobs to less senior journalists. And with me being a journo for 21 years, there was a lot of uh, other journalists who didn't have the same years of experience as I did. So when I was working for the company, um, which is radio, um, I would sort of hang around and I didn't want to give uh, any jobs over to any of the other journos. I'd just like be there for three hours longer than everyone else was. And, you know, getting tired and, you know, probably needing to go home and have a nap we got up in yeah two or three in the morning to go to work doing that bricky roll. So I just sort of think, well, maybe I could have handed more things over than what I did. And maybe that's a lesson for me now running my own business, because I am doing everything on my own, uh, as you are as well. So maybe there is a point we reach where we're like, you know, it would be good to get some help sometimes and be able to delegate. And the thing when you're um, a specialist in your industry, which is what each of us are, I can't delegate to someone else, oh, can you go and do readings for me? Like I can't just, you know, get someone in to do that. But I could get someone in to answer calls, take bookings, that sort of thing for sure. Um, that is something that that I could look at. So that's really opened my eyes to the possibilities, I guess, in my business by talking to Deborah today. What
0: would be stopping you from doing that?
1: Getting an assistant. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't have the consistency with bookings. Like some weeks I'll have uh, 35 and other weeks so I'll have, uh, you know, 20, um, 15 or 20. But from what Deborah was saying, and I didn't realize this, was that um, it can be just when you use them that you sort of pay. So uh, that was something that I didn't realize. I was sort of feeling like maybe we've got to pay nine to five or something like that. But yeah, if it's um, by how much you use them, then I think that's um, that's definitely doable for me. Uh definitely manageable.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things with, you know, delegating is also, and I think it's really hard for me in my own business when I've when I've run businesses before event company. Okay. So I would hire people to do certain roles for me, but they were specialty roles very often. So it was uh, you know, the graphic designer role or the performer MC role or whatever the, you know, the case may be. So I didn't necessarily feel the need to control the outcome of that because I'm confident in the person that I hired to do that particular job. In the role that I'm in now though, if somebody's representing my business, you know, I need to be really damn sure that they're doing it in a way that I, that I feel comfortable with because Somebody, you know, you can ruin a reputation very quickly if you say the wrong thing or you accidentally, you know, I don't know, put up the wrong message or you know whatever. Ah, the, case the vibe, may be. So, yeah.
1: the energy. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so it's kind of understanding, I guess, the things that you know you can delegate with and you're relaxing about. As long as you have clearly, ex, you know, clearly laid out your expectations, or you've properly trained the person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because someone like Deborah, yeah, I probably feel comfortable with her, you know, thinking outside the box as far as my business goes. And I, I like managing in the sense that I try to empower the people that I manage so that mm-hmm. they feel confident and comfortable to do that. As long as their heart's in the right place, I know that. We can normally fix anything if there's really going to be a, a problem.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, but you need to make sure that those things are laid out when you're going to hire somebody to work with you. Uh, what's really interesting, and I'll use the restaurant example recently because it just kind of happened, but you know, working with other people who aren't doing things the way that I would do them, I noticed because I don't want to be a manager, I have no no desire at all to go hire. It's just simply something I'm doing right now. I need to let certain things. And I think sometimes with the D personality where you can, you know, I have a tendency to want to also control the outcome because I know it could be better for somebody, right. Or more efficient or whatever, but really it doesn't always need to be my way or the highest it's my business. And then it's just making sure that that's also clearly laid out when you're working with someone.
1: Yeah. It's a good point. And I think um, that was a lot of a with me not being able to delegate and and that's obviously carried on into this role now as my small business but I always felt like it would take me less time to kind of edit the work and do the job myself you know preparing stories for the morning and things like that when I was working in a newsroom than it would if i came in in the morning someone else had done it and then i felt like i probably have to go through and edit it all and um rewrite it the way that i would like it to be written so i feel like i was trying to save time but then i was doing an extra three hours or whatever it was every afternoon so was i really saving time i don't know um but and did it, it, it is matter a bit of a control thing well that's it you know that it is a bit of control thing i'm a bit of a perfectionist a lot of a perfectionist so i want to always deliver the best product whether it's news or readings or whatever it is that I can so um yeah I think that there's a little bit of work I'm doing around letting go and I've been doing that for a few years and that was one of the themes of my yoga class this morning uh, when I went to yoga so um what I have found Lauren since we spoke last time too because one of the issues with me with time management was uh on facebook people were able to book like with one second to go like a, a second to midday or a second to 11 in the morning um they could book so i was then running around like a madman trying to get all the information and this is zoom and this is your link and la 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 but i was fiddling with uh facebook last night and i actually found where you can control that so there's troll where you can actually make them book at least half an hour before which gives me a bit more yes. flexibility so that i'm not yes. last minute oh my gosh um uh, what is going on here so I think that's going to help me a lot um, in terms of time management and having things coming in at last minute, because otherwise then you're pushing every other reading out if you take that booking as well. And uh, we start a little bit late. Um, so yeah, if you've got anything else to sort of add before we get into tools to improve your life, etc.?
0: Well, I think that, you know, part of delegating is not only, it's taking an inventory on what you're spending your time doing. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part. And I know, like in the last episode, I kind of shared that I was kind of looking at things I need to call in my business that were taking too long or wasn't, you know, yielding a good ROI, or um, you know, were maybe taking too much time and not advancing my business forward. So one of the things that you know I notice I get caught up on is I'm obsessed with scheduling my social media content one month at a time. Well when I don't have two or three hours to do it at one go, I put it off cause it's not a priority task for me because I've got other tasks that are more priority. They're going to be driving revenue or whatever. Right. So I put it to the side. And then recently I kind of had that moment where I went, okay, that's maybe something I could delegate cause I have a lot of the content already done sitting there. So I could technically get a virtual assistant for that. However, I could also just do one post right now and then move along and deal with the rest later. So yeah. I think that's that's another part is kind of, you know, are you being realistic with what you really need to do? Are you you know, so I think that's a big part of delegating is also mm. understanding what you can delegate, but then also seeing whether or not you're just overthinking something.
1: Mm. So yeah, that's I think that's a good thing. point. Yeah, that's a good point. And it makes me think about even with putting this podcast together, because we have particular roles that we play and you've got another mm-hmm. podcast, another couple of podcasts as well. So sometimes like I will put my hand up and say, look, Lauren, I don't think I can edit this particular thing. Or like if you've done an interview uh, and you sometimes will edit that and then hand it over. So I don't have to do that. So I think sometimes it's just about that. But I very, I notice that I very rarely will ask. It'll usually be if someone kind of offers and I'll go, oh yeah, that's a good idea. But I very rarely ask. Um, whereas I think I may be getting better at doing that. But one of the things that I was saying to you off air before we started today was that I've, I have do not know why, but I've started sort of doing two podcasts at the same time. So if I find that I've had a really hectic week and I've done you know, 30 plus bookings and stuff like that. I may not edit the podcast that week. I may wait for the next one to be recorded and then do them both at the same time. And I almost feel like I have a week off, um, so I've just started doing that as well to kind of give myself the feeling of a bit more space. And, I love it. Yeah, and I think that space is what we're really talking about in terms of delegating. It's making mm-hmm. you feel like you don't have the weight of the world on your shoulders. And I just uh, spoke to a lady from Spiritual Events Directory as part of our spiritual journal that we're doing before I met with you today. And she does the whole heart connection to the mind, the heart and mind connection, meditation. And, you know, she was talking about creating space by using the deep breathing and, and things like that. And I guess I'm sort of getting into tools to improve your life a little bit already, but uh, it was such a great tip. And it's like, wow, you know, just stopping and sort of breathing for a few seconds. It doesn't have to be a whole heap of time. It almost feels like time slows down. And I have started to kind of use that between readings because sometimes I don't, they're back to back. So just a little bit of deep breathing, recentering, regrouping, and I actually feel like that can give me the sense of a bit more time. And I think that's why I'm doing the podcast two at a time and then having a week off. It's just a feeling of giving ourselves a bit more room, you know, to breathe and a bit more space. And that's the virtual assistant as well, giving you a little bit more. Yeah. space. Yeah, Yeah, and I
0: think, you know, to, just to echo that, also I've got a couple of heart um, meditation healings on the Afterlight podcast. So yeah, I'll put I some links to those that. in the show notes here. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think, you know, when you're talking about space, that's what delegating is. Delegating is creating space so that you can do, you know, your job. Mm-hmm. Because very often we're doing someone else's job. If it yeah. can be delegated, it's not your job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. That's basically a good rule of thumb: Can I delegate this? I shouldn't be doing it in that in that scenario. Mm. And you know, when for us, when we're building our business, you know, our revenue, we might not be making as much revenue yet that we feel we can justify hiring somebody at fifty dollars an hour mm. to be able to do these jobs, right? Where we'd probably rather work a couple of hours later in the evening and save that money. Yeah. However if you can do something that's going to save you time and create a little bit of extra space, it might be worth doing that outcome. So Mm. for me, for my time management video, I needed a timer. I needed a video timer, 20 minutes countdown kind of thing designed, right? And I ended up getting someone on Fiverr to do it for 40 bucks. Now it wasn't maybe hundred percent exactly what I wanted. Mm. I'm happy with it. I won't think. And I kind of decided, you know what? For the amount that I paid, for the amount of time that I saved trying to figure it out and learn how to do it myself and After Effects or whatever, it was a really good use of my time, which created space for me to do other things. So sometimes also bringing in or delegating something, even just as a one-off could actually save you a huge amount of work in the long run. So it's kind of figuring out, wait a minute, am I spending too long doing something that someone else can do quickly that I can just pay for and yeah. it's a business expense? And then, right? So yeah. that's another thing is is looking at creating space. And, you know, it could even be delegating cleaning your house. On a-
1: yeah, there's plenty of doing that once a week. We Jason, yeah. my husband, um, has a client where they do that they just get someone in once a week and it's like that frees them up because that tends to be our Saturday. We tend to go to park run, have a little non park run, catch up, come home, do the housework. And then maybe you have time to go for a bike ride, maybe, but it does take a fair bit of your time. And he was chatting to one of his clients and he goes, Oh yeah, we just get a cleaner on a Saturday and we just go and have a great weekend. So, um, you know, I think that's a really great tip as well.
0: I've done that before. We had a cleaner for a year, I think, uh, And honestly,
1: what what I did is uh, we found backpackers who are willing to do it. A lot of them have references. Okay, Deborah Mills, welcome to Business in the Front, Party in the
2: Back. Nice to be here. Thank you for asking me. Welcome. No
1: worries. So, Deborah, what we wanted to start with is just finding out how you got involved in becoming a virtual assistant or virtual receptionist. Um, It's a little bit of background.
2: Yeah, so um, I basically... um, had my daughter going to school and I'm like, what am I gonna do it myself? So I decided to look around and an opportunity came up as a virtual assistant receptionist that I could work from home, which meant I could work and do exactly the hours that I wanted to do um, and I love it. I love helping businesses, small businesses, um, trying to get themselves working and operating efficiently. So um, yeah, that's how I got into it. I
0: love that. And, uh, you know, a huge focus of our theme for today's conversation is actually all about delegating, which is why we have someone like you who's fabulous, because you would be getting delegated to quite a bit. I would imagine that that's sort of the main role of a VA, would you
2: say? Yes. And the people turn us on and off. So sometimes we have a client who wants us all the time to do everything for them from answering on the phones to um, dealing with their inboxes. It can be very scary sometimes for people, um, or doing their bookings, because it takes takes time out for them. Um, So that's why we're there. We basically, um, we can help out whenever someone wants some help. So if someone only wanted one day a week uh, um, receptionist, um, role, then we're there for them. So they might work four days a week and they're happy to take calls, but on the Friday they're taking a day off or they're doing a strategy session or they're out and they want someone to professionally answer their phone rather than going to voicemail and people get frustrated with voicemail. Um, so we're there for, the, for anyone's needs really. So we're adaptable. We kind of tailor our, our system to what, what the, our clients want.
1: So, would you have uh, different specialties? Like, because obviously, you know, you've got your background, and other people might have a different different experience. Do you have sort of specialties that that a yeah, virtual so assistant? Yes, so
2: part of um virtual office solutions, um, we have people who are web designers. We have people who are great at um, reception, great at admin. So they we have different uh, different different roles, but majority is just taking calls and being there for our clients and that's the the main thing so I guess
0: when you were talking earlier about, you know, some of the roles that you do, you know, as reception, you did mention dealing with people's emails and stuff like that. I guess there's a fair amount of trust that really does go into hiring a virtual assistant. What other kinds of jobs do you do? Like, do you ever manage people's socials? Do you do graphics for their presentations? Do you do editing and proofreading? Like, is a VA kind of the
2: your one-stop shop for anything that a business desires? <laughs> Totally, totally on. Um, So yeah, that's basically it. So we ask what the client wants and we will make sure we have the specialist skills to do it. So um, I do um, look after people's socials. That's one of my roles during the week um, for a few of our clients. We also work on um, appointments or if people have got massive workshops to be um, sorted out and organising hotels and Scheduling um, conference rooms and everything obviously not right now because of covid um, But we're, we're there for whatever the client wants So we are the one-stop shop that people really need and especially with the, like the one-man bands the small businesses who are trying to grow they want to be seen as big but they can't afford to have a A full-time receptionist twiddling her thumbs looking at her facebook page. I we're there whenever a phone call rings So we're not there constant we are there constantly for them, but we're only charging for the time that we're on the phone or dealing with their inbox, et cetera.
1: That's a big win. So I guess just to summarize what you're sort of saying there. Um, one of the benefits of having a virtual assistant is that you're not paying for a receptionist to sit at your desk from nine to five. They're paying for what they're, what they're using, the time that they're using. Yes. So the main benefit would, I guess, be um, maybe a bit of a money saver, hopefully, and a bit of a time saver maybe as well.
2: Yes, and also yeah. um, office space. They're not having to pay for office space for us or uh, a desk yes. or having to deal with being an employer They've actually got someone who's basically virtual, who can be at home. Sometimes I don't even wear a bra when I'm working. At the end of the day, our job is to be there for the client. And so um, we're kind of efficient administrators assistants, really, because we're not there constantly. And sometimes I think when you've got a receptionist or an administrator, it can be frustrating to watch them do nothing because the phones aren't ringing. Um, they don't have the skill set to do the social media stuff or um, do marketing. So they're just there waiting for perhaps one or two calls to come through a day um, rather than having someone like a virtual receptionist where we can we're there from nine to five to answer their phones and we will be answering it as them. So we're like part of their team. Uh, we get to know the clients so well that we can answer answer them professionally efficiently sometimes we have to think out of the box and our clients vary from we have trampolines through to psychologists and sometimes the course can be quite stressful um, but we're there for their clients um, so yeah a variety of clients
0: one of the things that, uh, I actually spoke with a woman, Nakia Gray on, uh, one of my other podcasts called the raw, raw podcast. We'll put a link to this episode in the show notes. And one of the things that she mentioned was that it was very important to have contracts, especially with working with virtual assistants, because essentially like a lot of the, you know, the work that you might be doing, some of it might be content creation. Some of it might be, you know, creating, um, social media, graphics, things like that. So, you know, really when you're the creator of something, you sort of own that. So I guess I wanted your opinion on the importance of having contracts for the protection of a VA, but also for the protection of a client. Do you have contracts in you know sort of set up with your clients before you start working with them or is it really just an honor thing in the way that you
2: run your business no well and truly so it's not my business i just work for someone um so i'm a contractor but she has contracts in place to make sure that whatever we do for that client is theirs so and there's just we we protect ourselves as well as protectors protect the client as well as confidentiality um it's so important i i that we don't talk about our clients um, and we are professional.
1: Yeah, good point. Um, so, Deborah, when we're hiring a, a VA or when someone's hiring a VA, um, what's your feelings around what they should look for um, and, like, should they interview, get references, that sort of thing? Or
2: There's lots of VA companies out there and I think it's looking for the company that works for you and you feel comfortable with them we're a boutique um, organization and we pride ourselves in professionalism and efficiency and so if i was trying to find a va for myself i would be looking for someone who could do nine to five and has a background so some clients are in the medical industry they need a certain va you need someone who's got that sort of background you can't just kind of There are VAs that say they do everything, um, but you kind of have to look for that specialism. So I guess
0: one of the things that I think about, you kind of mentioned that there are lots of different companies out there. Uh, I guess one of the things that I always assume VAs, and I hope this doesn't make me sound like I'm not educated, but I, I always thought that a lot of VAs came from other countries outside of Australia. And so I guess when you were talking there about how it's important to kind of understand that you know, some VAs say they can do it all, but really you need to kind of figure out what you're looking for and maybe find someone within that role. So are there companies that, you know, you recommend that people maybe look into in particular? And then from that point, do you normally have, like, I know you said you're a boutique uh, agency, but you know, do you normally get to know the client to see whether or not you're a good fit? Because I would imagine that even if you're a contractor, you still have to have that kind of rapport and that ability to communicate clearly together. It's a big deal. You know? Yeah,
2: so with, um, with the VA organization of organizations and that's across the board, as a VA, you'd, you'd answer all the clients that are on, your, on our books. So when it comes to like, we have a lot of allied health organizations that we work with. And that's an area that we kind of specialise in at the moment. Um, So so we do a lot of bookings um, for the allied health organisations. We work with a lot of speech pathologists and um, psychologists, as well as dieticians. So that's our area. So we have that background. So we we have that wealth of experience. So when we come to um, organisations, they see who we've worked with. And we, we have a lot of recommendations that people recommend us because we do do a full service um, and we, we go from... So our clients can sort of say they just want us to do message taking all the way from way to making bookings to then doing home assessments and um, more complex bookings. Our service is adaptable to the clients. So when it comes to choosing your VA organisation, Perhaps not look at the the cheapest, but to look at the one that actually will provide a professional service for you.
1: And I guess based on what that what you were just saying, then Deborah, um, the cost would depend on how much you want uh, done, you know, for your business and things like that. And I guess like it, it wouldn't would it, it's not hourly, would it be, or is it hourly? It's yes, kind so of it's charged on what
2: we okay. what we do on on each client. So. Yep yeah so it's charged by by the hour for what we do Mm -hmm. and on average our calls calls are on seconds so ah yeah okay all right so
0: basically uh what i heard you say there was that the the cost is really sort of different depending on a whole bunch of factors what you have them do but also the organization that you go for and i really liked how you mentioned about not necessarily choosing the cheapest but actually choosing the person or the company that's going to do the right job. Because really, if you think about it, if someone answers your phone and they can't communicate clearly with the person on the other end, or they have an attitude problem, let's pretend or anything like that, it actually could jeopardize your business even further. Couldn't it?
2: Yes. Well, and truly. So we understand our clients so well that we know how to react to their clients. So some clients you can, you can have some fun with other clients you know that you have to adapt your approach especially when they start talking to you so it's kind of thinking out the boxes sometimes because you you have one call and the next is totally different so my day is completely complete variety and um, which i love but you really have to think outside the box sometimes and think how i can how can i work this for the client we have scripts um so we know what the client wants but sometimes we could get a call that's not even in that script, so we have to work with using a little bit of initiative. So, and they appreciate us using initiative as well, because they don't want to constantly be bombarded with questions that are quite simple to answer. So it's common sense at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, do you have, have to
0: do a to lot of? Do you have to do a lot of research on the companies that you work for beforehand? Because if you're thinking outside the box and you're not necessarily even if you're, you know, sort of comfortable with dealing with that type of business, if you're not an expert in it, I mean, you still have to know what you're talking about, or at least sound like you do. Well,
2: and truly you do have to know exactly. And it's, and you have to, you have to be adaptable as well. Like I can have a really hard conversation with someone who's not in a good space. And my next call is about a happy, happy call. So it's adapting, 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 my voice to and adapting my, my process to, to dealing with them. But thinking out the box is, it's basically being adaptable to, yep, this is a script and the script is there. Um, but if you can't, if, if it doesn't fit into the script, then you have to kind of know, understand the client to see where they're, they're at. And that's by communicating with them, and um, building up the rapport. As um, reception manager, um, I do weekly um, catch ups with the clients. So if there's anything that's changed in their lives, we know about it. So we don't sound dumb on the phone.
1: Yeah, that's good. Really important. So, um, Deborah, what I wanted to ask is what if someone, our listener, we have a listener at home, hopefully, Lauren and I, um, if they become a VA instead of actually hiring one, um, are there any recommendations that you have for that, Uh, tips and tricks around becoming a VA? Um, But also just by way of background for us, you know, um, in terms of how you operate as well. Um, Do you sort of get dressed up to get that, you know, I'm going to work now kind of mode? Like, do you sort of prepare yourself in that way and keep regular hours, you know, take breaks, um, have boundaries, you know, all of those sorts
2: of things? Is that something that you do? So it's a two part question, really. Um, So if you're looking for a VA, you can either Google um, VA or um, virtual assistants um, Google. Otherwise, you can contact the VA Institute of Australia and you can find a VA that way. With the finding VA through VA Institute, that's kind of finding an individual one. So that's not a company. So there are companies out there, um, that like Virtual Office Solutions, where, um, she has a a team of receptionists who answer the phones nine to five, Monday to Friday. Um, I know that some other organisations are 24 seven but they have more of a, a team of, of virtuals compared to, if you go to, um, the VA Institute, they're basically looking, you're looking for like one person to answer your phones and do your administration. So there's two alternatives of doing it. So. So
0: I'm just going to interrupt Deborah. So is that sort of, if people want to be a VA, they can contact these same organizations? Yes.
2: So they could go, there's also courses you can do to become a VA at the va institute of australia i haven't done the va institute um, course so uh, i basically applied for the job and got the job and um, with a a, f- a few weeks of training so two weeks of training to learn how to become a va in my current organization so uh, coming back to whether i get myself sorted out in the mornings so i do um a, a part-time role so i do unfortunately do not get ready to do my job and get into office gear so i basically sit in my laptop with my headphone gear on and i will answer phones so but i do try and calm myself down five minutes before i get into the um session I'm just to prepare myself for the day and i have a coffee next door to me but um that's basically it i do try and have breaks though because i can be at my computer for six hours solid Um, So moving away from my computer is really important.
1: And you do have a little office um, set up, I think, don't you, Deborah? So that's important to not be sitting in the kitchen or the dining room or the lounge room. Yeah, I'll have
2: my little space where I have my um, computer set up with a big screen because I have two screens going to do my job. So, yes,
0: You sort of mentioned off the top of our conversation that you do love what you do. Can you tell me a little bit about why you love what you do? I mean, for me, it already sounds like you get paid and you choose your own hours. That sounds like... And you get to do it with no bra on and you're wearing sweats maybe. So (laughs) that already sounds pretty great. But aside from that, you know, other, other things that you do love about the VA is freedom, kind of the the highlight. Yeah.
2: I love being at home, love being there for my daughter growing up. I had a job where I was finishing it midnight in another um, call center environment. It was an intense, intense environment and that was not fun to be coming home at 12:30, one o'clock in the morning dead and not being able to cope we only had one car so it meant that my husband had to come pick me up at 12 o'clock and um, put my daughter in the car to drive me to pick me up so from that environment to this environment it's uh, awesome so it was a, a great experience but um to be working from home is the best ever I love working with our clients and I love seeing improvements in, in their systems and how they do stuff and processes because they do need help with processes and especially if they're new companies who are just getting, um, trying to get things sorted and understand what they need to do. And I, so I'm a lot, I, my background um, was human resources and customer service, but I used to be like a troubleshooter where I would go in and sort out an organization, be there for six or 12 months do what I need to do and leave and so I love troubleshooting I love helping people out and working on clients where you can they are so appreciative of your work and say Deborah I couldn't do it couldn't do this without you it's great having you on board I love how you think and do stuff without having to ask all the time that was a massive compliment for me this week so I have a client who I I do I do go beyond what I'm supposed to do but I love the client so much that I would, I would probably work until midnight for this for him. Mm. And also, it's getting feedback, and feedback's so important because if you don't get feedback, you have no idea how you are performing. And um, and I think people don't necessarily like to say good things. They love to mm. say negative things, but it's to be told you're doing a great job makes a big big difference to your life yeah and um he um this current client he's just so supportive and loving what i do and giving so much feedback that it makes you pump your chest out and go oh my god i am doing a good job i'm i there's there's purpose mm-hmm. to what i'm doing um because you can do things you kind of go why am i doing this, this is kind of pointless stuff it's not yeah. gonna it's not productive and so yeah i yeah I just love my job so much, and yeah, don't tell my boss because she'll probably never give me a pay rise. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm it's a quite contractor. True, yeah. I'm a contractor though, and um, mm. yeah, I love it. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it was good too during um, the peak of COVID when we had homeschooling and things like that going on because you have that extra flexibility, you know, with with that. So I think a lot of people may be moving forward, mums especially, dads um, may be looking at jobs like this because um, it does provide that flexibility when we have things like that happen, which are completely out of our frame of reference of anything that's ever happened before. So I think that would also yeah. be maybe another benefit.
2: Well, these are, these are seen a piece of artwork and my artwork that we did during COVID. So, um, yeah, that's right. I, 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 I would have hated to have had to go to work, um, or not work or get, yeah. um, as you guys got made redundant, but like yeah. I was lucky in my role to be able to still have a job, and still do what i could do and still be there for my daughter and it was it was a scary time and i, I feel sorry we've got a few victorians who work for us and they're struggling right now and it's it's awful um but yeah. at least they've got a job and at least they're connecting with us on a daily basis so
1: yeah yeah it's no, good deborah was there anything else that we sort of didn't ask um that you wanted to mention or
2: no i've really love chatting to you guys And, um, yeah, I just, I wish more people would use virtual assistants and virtual receptionists. I don't think people realise how um, beneficial we are to the people, especially small businesses. And I think mainly um, if you think about, like, women who are trying to start up with their small businesses, I think it's so important for them to um, consider having a virtual receptionist or assistant Just to help them out, they've got to do school runs and stuff like that, but they they also still need to run a business. And for a cheap option, um, having a receptionist to be able to take those calls, do their admin, empty their inbox, yeah, makes a big difference. Yeah,
1: that's a good point.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: That's really well said. And I think that what you've kind of done as well is you sort of also mentioned that there's a career opportunity here as well for, for somebody, if, especially if they're, you know, wanting to build their business as a side hustle, this is another thing that they can do to kind of supplement their income Yes, and they don't have to go anywhere to do it. And uh, yeah. So thank you so much. That was so great. How can people find out more about you, Deborah, or is the organization that you work for if they are interested? I uh, did kind of mention some other places in Australia that do hire virtual assistants, but happy to give your company a shout out as well, if you'd like.
2: Yes, yeah, so my um, organisation I work for is Virtual Office Solutions and our email address is vos.net.au. or you can give us a call on 07 1401 and we're currently hiring at the moment so if you know of anyone who would like a job um, nice. we um, have a little spot at the moment due to Christmas. the Christmas right. holidays.
1: That's awesome. We can wonderful. maybe uh, pop that in the um, in our socials when we share.
2: Oh, we've got bombarded with so many people because I think because of job seeker people have to uh, apply for
1: jobs. yes, yes. So
2: I just hope people just apply for it that actually really want the job rather than just applying for it.
1: Yep, in a genuine way. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Well, Deborah, thank you. Um, that's been incredibly yeah, helpful. Yeah, for both of us, and it's great to speak to people who love what they do. You know, yep. that's uplifting and encouraging. And I think yeah. it gives people the feeling that, oh, okay, well, if Deborah can do what she loves um, and Lauren and Michelle can do what they love, then maybe yes. there's a chance for me. You know, that gives yeah. people a bit of hope, I think.
2: Yeah, still not my dream. Food truck is mm. still my dream. Food truck, that's right.
1: <laughs> Moving forward, yeah, it's a food truck. Yeah yeah
2: but this is this this kind of fills a void because i was like i was trading at night and i was having not much of a social life so now not trading at night and being able to do a job that i have a virtual team is probably the best so
1: yeah yeah Yeah, love that deborah thank you so much really appreciate that thank you deborah so that was our chat with deborah mills and lauren that was uh that was great for me there was so much that i got out of that and um she's just fabulous, isn't she? She really loves what she does and is grateful and, you know, builds relationships and is getting positive feedback. And yeah, it was just really uplifting. I found that really uplifting.
0: Yeah. I think it was really good. And, you know, one of the things too, is that when you hire contractors, you don't have to deal with all those employee agreements. Exactly. Super and, you know, dealing with part-time casual or whatever. So there's something to be said for you know, especially when you're a solopreneur like we are mm. for having access to people at that caliber, but at the same time not being on the hook for paying their, their salary or their any, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. Like all the paychecks.
0: Um, yeah, and I actually Googled it. So really virtual assistants in Australia, so depending on where you're listening to this from, but it says you have to pay between $35 and $50 an hour mm-hmm. and we've put also some links in the show notes. So I actually found virtual assistants as well on oh, website, Upwork and Upwork is a website that I also recommend if people are looking to delegate things to, that they go to that website. So we've just got a link there, of just examples at least. I think it's all about, you know, kind of looking and, you know, one of the things that Deborah really reinforces that she's making people's jobs and their lives easier.
1: Yeah. That's it. Taking some of the pressure off. We don't need any more pressure to be honest good enough
0: yeah no exactly and you know there's some things like I remember I was listening to a podcast a while ago and one of the women she was talking about you know her business and she said you know I just I hire a cleaner because my time is better used working on my business than it is doing the cleaning of my house if I could hire somebody for 25 to 50 dollars an hour to do that where I charge you know she charges upward of know yeah or whatever an hour so
1: yeah and i think the hours um the hours are great obviously there's a huge benefit to small businesses uh getting involved in it um not even small small to medium businesses using virtual assistants but also i think from um their perspective the people who work in that industry as contractors you can control your hours a little bit which is great you know if you need to go on holidays when you're running your own business it's a little bit more managing. Whereas if you're working for someone else as a contractor, you're just like, I'm going to go away and you can sort that out and I'll see you later. So, you know, very politely, of course, but I think it does give you that little bit of uh, extra freedom to not have to worry so much about what's going to happen to the clients. It's up to the company to kind of sort that out. So I think it gives you a bit of freedom and flexibility, but um I was just going to make the point, Lauren, that um, I'm pretty sure you're aware that you and I are both sort of A-type personalities, depending on what quiz you're doing or what test you're doing. I also came up as a, a D, which is dominant um, personality. I'm a D. And that's, yeah, someone who should run their own business, do their own thing, more of a leader than a follower. And I think we both um, definitely relate to that. And I was just going to talk yeah. about this briefly because the theme of today is sort of putting your hand up. It's about delegation really. And I know that I found that this is my experience and I'd be interested to hear from you if you felt the same way. I found it really hard to head over jobs to less senior journalists. And with me being a journo for 21 years, there was a lot of uh, other journalists who didn't have the same years of experience as I did. So when I was working for the company, um, which is radio, um, I would sort of hang around and I didn't want to give uh, any jobs over to any of the other journos. I'd just like be there for three hours longer than everyone else was and, you know getting tired and you know, probably needing to go home and have a nap because we got up in, yeah, two or three in the morning to go to work doing that brecci roll. So I just sort of think, well, maybe I could have handed more things over than what I did, and maybe that's a lesson for me now running my own business because I am doing everything on my own, uh, as you are as well. So maybe there is a point we reach where we're like, you know, it would be good to get some help sometimes and be able to delegate. And the thing when you're um, a specialist in your industry, which is what each of us are, I can't delegate to someone else. Oh, can you go and do readings for me? Like, I can't just, you know, get someone in to do that. But I could get someone in to answer calls, take bookings, that sort of thing for sure. Um, That is something that that I could look at. So that's really opened my eyes to the possibilities, I guess, in my business by talking to Deborah today.
0: What would be stopping you from doing that?
1: Getting an assistant? Yeah. Um, I guess I don't have the consistency with bookings. Like some weeks I'll have uh, 35 and other weeks I'll have, uh, you know, 20, um, 15 or 20. But from what Deborah was saying, and I didn't realize this, was that um, it can be just when you use them that you sort of pay. So, uh, that was something that I didn't realize. I was sort of feeling like maybe we've got to pay nine to five or something like that. But yeah, if it's, um, by how much you use them, then I think that's, um, that's definitely doable for me. Uh, definitely manageable.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things with, you know, delegating is also, and I think it's really hard for me in my own business. When I, when I've run businesses before like I had an event company. Okay. So I would hire people to do certain roles for me. But they were specialty roles very mm. often. So it was uh, you know the graphic designer role or the performer, MC role, or whatever the you know the case may be. So I didn't necessarily feel the need to control the outcome of that because I was, I was um, confident in the person that I hired to do that particular job. In the role that I'm in now, though, if somebody's representing my business, you know, I need to be really damn sure that they're doing it in a way that I that I feel comfortable with because somebody, you know, you can ruin a reputation very quickly if you say the wrong thing or you accidentally, you know, I don't know, put up the wrong message or, you know, whatever. The vibe, it. Even the vibe. So, yeah.
1: The energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh,
0: so it's kind of understanding, I guess, the things that you know you can delegate with and you're relaxing about. As long as you have clearly, ex, you know, clearly laid out your expectations, or you've properly trained the person, mm-hmm. because someone like Deborah, yeah, I'd probably feel comfortable with her, you know, thinking outside the box as far as my business goes. And I, I like managing in the sense that I try to empower the people that I manage so that mm-hmm. they feel confident and comfortable to do that. As long as their heart's in the right place, I know yeah. that. We can normally fix anything if there's really going to be a, a problem,
1: mm.
0: uh, but you need to make sure that those things are laid out when you're going to hire somebody to work with you. Uh, what's really interesting, and I'll use the restaurant example recently because it just kind of happened, but you know, working with other people who aren't doing things the way that I would do them, I noticed because I don't want to be a manager, I have no ex- no desire at all to go higher in that role. It's just simply something I'm doing right now. I need to let certain things go. And I think sometimes with the D personality where you can, you know, I have a tendency to want to also control the outcome because I know it could be better for somebody right or more efficient or whatever but really it doesn't always need to be my way or the highway i guess unless it's my business and then it's just making sure that that's also clearly laid out when you're working with someone
1: yeah yeah it's a good point and i think um that was a lot of it with me not being able to delegate and and that's obviously carried on into this role now as my small business but i always felt like it would take me less time to kind of edit the work and do the job myself you know preparing stories for the morning and things like that when I was working in a newsroom than it would if I came in in the morning someone else had done it and then I felt like I probably have to go through and edit it all and um rewrite it the way that I would like it to be written so I feel like I was trying to save time but then I was doing an extra three hours or whatever it was every afternoon so was I really saving time I don't know um but it is a bit of a control thing. Well, that's it. You know, that it is a bit of a control thing. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, a lot of a perfectionist. So I want to always deliver the best product, whether it's news or readings or whatever it is that I can. So, um, yeah, I think that there's a little bit of work I'm doing around letting go. And I've been doing that for a few years. And that was one of the themes of my yoga class this morning, uh, when I went to yoga. So, What I have found, Lauren, since we spoke last time too, because one of the issues with me with time management was on Facebook, people were able to book like with one second to go, like a a second to midday or a second to 11 in the morning, um, they could book. So I was then running around like a madman trying to get all the information and this is Zoom and this is your link and la, la, la. But I was fiddling with uh, Facebook last night and I actually found where you can control that. So there's a control where you can actually make them book at least half an hour before which gives me a bit more flexibility so that I'm not last minute. Oh my gosh, uh, what is going on here? So I think that's going to help me a lot um, in terms of time management and having things coming in at last minute, because otherwise then you're pushing every other reading out if you take that booking as well. And uh, we start a little bit late. So um, that was great. And I really appreciate that. That's something new that I've found just from sort of pushing buttons. I like to push buttons. um, And that was something that I discovered. So that's going to help me out immensely. Um, so yeah, if you've got anything else to sort of add before we get into tools to improve your life, et cetera.
0: Well, I think that, you know, part of delegating is not only, it's taking an inventory on what you're spending your time doing. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part. And I know like in the last episode, I kind of shared that I was kind of looking at things I need to call in my business that were taking too long or wasn't, you know, yielding a good ROI or. You know, we're maybe taking too much time and not advancing my business forward. So, one of the things that, you know, I notice I get caught up on is I'm obsessed with scheduling my social media content one month at a time. Well, when I don't have two or three hours to do it at one go, I put it off because it's not a priority task for me because I've got other tasks that are more priority. They're going to be driving revenue or whatever, right? So, I put it to the side. And then recently I kind of had that moment where I went, okay, that's maybe something I could delegate because I have a lot of the content already done sitting there. So I could technically get a virtual assistant for that. However, I could also just do one post right now and then move along and deal with the rest later. (laughs) So I think that's, that's another part is kind of, you know, are you being realistic with what you really need to do? Are you, you know, so I think that's a big part of delegating is also Mm. understanding what you can delegate, but then also seeing whether or not, you're just overthinking something
1: mm. so yeah that's, that's a good point yeah that's a good point point. and it makes me think about even with putting this podcast together because we have particular roles that we play and you've got another podcast another couple of podcasts as well so sometimes like i will put my hand up and say look lauren i don't think i can edit this particular thing or like if you've done an interview uh and you sometimes will edit that and then hand it over so i don't have to do that so I think sometimes it's just about that. But I very, I notice that I very rarely will ask. It'll usually be if someone kind of offers and I'll go, oh yeah, that's a good idea. But I very rarely ask. Um, whereas I think I may be getting better at doing that. But one of the things that I was saying to you off air before we started today was that I've, I have do not know why, but I've started sort of doing two podcasts at the same time. So if I find that I've had a really hectic week and I've done you know, 30 plus bookings and stuff like that. I may not edit the podcast that week. I may wait for the next one to be recorded and then do them both at the same time. And I almost feel like I have a week off. Um, so I've just started doing that as well to kind of give myself the feeling of a bit more space and yeah. And I think that space is what we're really talking about in terms of delegating. It's making you feel like you don't have the weight of the world on your shoulders. And I just uh, spoke to a lady from Spiritual Events Directory as part of our spiritual journal that we're doing before I met with you today. And she does the whole heart connection to the mind, the heart and mind connection meditation. And, you know, she was talking about creating space by using the deep breathing and, and things like that. And I guess I'm sort of getting into tools to improve your life a little bit already, but uh, it was such a great tip. And it's like, wow, you know, just stopping and sort of breathing for a few seconds. It doesn't have to be a whole heap of time. It almost feels like time slows down. And I have started to kind of use that between readings because sometimes I don't, they're back to back. So just a little bit of deep breathing, recentering, regrouping. And I actually feel like that can give me the sense of a bit more time. And I think that's why I'm doing the podcast two at a time and then having a week off. It's just a feeling of giving ourselves a bit more room, you know, to breathe and a bit more space. And that's the virtual assistant as well, giving a little bit more space. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, to, just to echo that, also, I've got a couple of heart um, meditation healings on the Afterlight podcast. Yeah, I remember you said that in the show notes here. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I think you know when you're talking about space, that's what delegating is. Delegating is creating space so that you can do you know your job. Mm-hmm. Because very often we're doing someone else's job. If it yeah. can be delegated, it's not your job. <laughs> that's yeah, basically that's a-, a good rule of thumb. Can I delegate this. I shouldn't be doing it in that in that scenario. Mm. And you know when for us, when we're building our business, you know our revenue, we might not be making as much revenue yet that we feel we can justify hiring somebody at fifty dollars thirty five dollars an hour mm. to be able to do these jobs, right? Where we'd probably rather work a couple of hours later in the evening and save that money. Yeah, however, if you can do something that's going to save you time and create a little bit of extra space, it might be worth doing that outcome. So Mm. for me, for my time management video, I needed a timer. I needed a video timer, 20 minutes countdown kind of thing designed, right? And I ended up getting someone on Fiverr to do it for 40 bucks. Now it wasn't maybe hundred percent exactly what I wanted, but it was, it was fine. It was good Mm -hmm. enough. I'm happy with it. I won't think about it again. And I kind of decided, you know what, for the amount that I paid for the amount of time that I saved, trying to figure it out and learn how to do it myself and after effects or whatever, it was a really good use of my time, which created space for me to do other things. So sometimes also bringing in or delegating something, even just as a one-off could actually save you a huge amount of work in the long run. So it's kind of figuring out, wait a minute, Am I spending too long doing something that someone else can do quickly that I can just pay for and yeah. it's a business expense and then, right? So yeah. that's another thing is, is looking at creating space and, you know, it could even be delegating, cleaning your house, honestly.
1: Mm. Yeah. And there's plenty of people that are doing that once a week. We, Jason, and my husband um, has a client where they do that they just get someone in once a week and it's like that frees them up because that tends to be our Saturday. We tend to go to park run, have a little non park run catch up, come home, do the housework. And then maybe you have time to go for a bike ride, maybe, but it does take a fair bit of your time. And he was chatting to one of his clients and he goes, Oh yeah, we just get a cleaner in on a Saturday and we just go and have a great weekend. So, um, you know, I think that's a really great tip as well. Yeah.
0: I've done that before. We had a cleaner for a year, I think, uh, And honestly, what what I did is uh, we found backpackers who are willing to do it. A lot of them have references Yep. and you just pay them in cash and they come and do the work for you for, you know, 25 to 30 bucks an hour, whatever the, you know, scenario might be with that Mm. person. You provide them with all the stuff and then you leave and you come back and it's done. And for me, I, when I don't create or carve out a lot of time for relaxing, when i do carve out that time i don't want to be cleaning i want to be doing other things other like things. reading or going out for lunch or yes just being luxurious like in some way
1: yes of course don't we all don't we all so i think to summarize my tools to improve your life this week are very much what you've been talking about so building your strengths Uh, Work through your weaknesses with an expert as well, and sometimes that can be getting maybe a business coach or something like that to give you a hand. Someone for time management, so you may do something like that. But you could also help yourself by maybe getting an assistant, which is what we've been talking about today. Just give yourself a bit of extra breathing room, breathing space. And the good thing with that is too, um, I will say, is that when you give yourself that space, it allows you to be a bit creative. If you're snowed under and you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders you're not going to be super creative. It's just not going to happen. So I think that if you want to move forward, have a, a great small business to medium business, whatever it is you're doing or you're working for someone else and you may have a side hustle, then you need that creative energy. And I think that's when you want to give yourself that extra space so that you can actually develop and uh, come up with awesome goals and then reach them. You know, we don't want to just be doing working for the man for the rest of our lives necessarily.
0: No, exactly. And I think you and I know very well that that doesn't always end well, as well mm. for the man.
1: That's it. Here we are. Woman. Here we are. Nice. <laughs> so, yes. look, week's uh, party episode is brought to you by your business.
0: Yes, by the Ra Rah Spirit Team and Ra Rah Consulting. And if you want to head to our website at rahrahrah.com, Check out our new time management course. So basically, if you are looking at reducing your hours by half, so you can stop playing catch up on the weekend, all you need to do is just check out my free webinar and all the details will be there. And believe me, if you can save time in your life and create space in your life, that is what we are talking about. What do you do? You get your weekends back. You don't have to, you know, miss out on Spending time with your family. You don't have to have guilt about going to the movies. You don't have to wander around with your phone in hand, you know, doing business when you should be where you are, which is watching your kids' footy game or whatever the case may be. So definitely have nothing to lose by checking out the free webinar. Again, that will be on my website. So the party element today is actually just echoing what you were talking about, which is creating space and getting creative. And uh, one of the things that I noticed is I needed to go for a drive the other day to um, to pick up my partner in the city. And we live about half an hour from town. So I had a podcast on and I was driving and I just started getting some great ideas. You know, I actually voice messaged you a couple of ideas. They were good ideas and too. And yeah. Things like that. And you know, the thing is that when you just get out of your own way, when you take some time to just let inspiration enter, when you just... I, I was just listening to other people have conversations and then the ideas came to me from that. Right. So that's where you can actually create a lot more. Well, revenue opportunities in yeah. your business or energy in your business. You can find that kind of inspired feeling in your business again. And I think sometimes when we're bogged down doing jobs that we shouldn't do or not understanding how to deal with our tasks as they come in, which are all things I can help you with, by the yes. way, for my website. <laughs> you
2: know, nice blog. What we,
0: what, yes, what we do is we end up, you know, sort of getting ourselves slowly into a little bit of a hole. We might not realize it. Yeah. So, yeah. And if one hour a week hiring a virtual assistant, for example, it's something that's going to free you up with hours and hours of stress and time. I was listening to a call the other day, actually, and a woman, she was trying to do some graphics and she just said that just even thinking of doing graphics almost paralyzed her. She just didn't have the brain to do that. And so it's getting clear on that. Do you have things like that in your business? Stop doing them. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: And I love, um, I love your example just now um, that you were just talking about because um, I find that in yoga, obviously I got up and did yoga this morning, mentioned earlier in the show, and I find when I give myself that space that all these amazing ideas drop in and then I'm like, gosh, I wish I had a notepad and a pen and I wish I could write all of these down because then you hope you remember them afterwards. Um, But yeah, I find in yoga I definitely got to get a lot of really great ideas. And sometimes when I'm dreaming because I'm a bit of a dreamer, Um, sometimes when I'm dreaming, I have really great ideas pop in as well. And, uh, in the bath. Yeah. Because usually I'm doing readings and healings and all sorts of things. And then the bath is like my space away from all of that, the mentoring and everything I do. And then, yeah, I have great ideas drop in there as well. So I think, um, you know, I just go with it wherever they drop in. I'm happy. I just sometimes wish I had a notepad and I usually don't take a notepad to yoga with me. So that's a bit of a a bit unfortunate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know. Actually that's happened to me before. And then I spend the rest of the yoga class obsessing about my idea. So I forget and then then I'm not present. And then all I'm thinking about is I need to go write a note on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shavasana's done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. We're so on the same page. First world problems.
0: All right. So what's coming up on the next show, sister?
1: Oh my God. I'm so excited about this. And we did have some different discussions around whether we just do like a whole episode kind of on crystals and things like that, because obviously we can use, and this is good timing actually, because this week was crystals in my mentorship group. So we talked about crystals, their uses, how we clean them, what we can do with them, how to program them, all that sort of stuff. So we did think about doing like a whole episode on that and and maybe we will, but we just thought maybe we can tie it together and talk about feng shui or feng shui. Everyone says it differently Um, and business. So tying the two in together. And I think with, even if you're not working for yourself, even if you're still working for a company or something like that, you can still feng shui or feng shui at your office, you know, at work, like within within reason. And I know with the company, I recall sitting upstairs and being like, Gosh, you know, it's very bland and, you know, there's no plants and all this sort of stuff. And one day I ventured downstairs into where we have like different people doing different roles within the company. And they've got like everyone had footballs, everyone had like palm trees and lucky bamboo and like those little gardens that you like rake, you know, with the little feng shui garden kind of thing. Like it was all happening, Lauren. And I'm like, wow, this is like a paradise. Like the energy was really good. And after I saw that, I was like, well, I like march back up those stairs. And that's when I started putting my crystals in my room and doing all of that sort of stuff. And it just really lifted the energy and the vibrations. So that's what we're going to be talking about next week is kind of going through, how do we do that? Where do we have to put things, you know, that sort of thing. So I think this is going to be really practical again for our listener at home. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Great show.
1: Great show as always.
0: This has been The Business in the Party in the
1: back. Podcast. Podcast. And if you loved it, please do share it. Tell your friends.
0: Leave us a review most importantly so that people know that this quality show is available for them to listen
1: to. Mm-hmm. And if you did not love it, then Do not tell anyone. That wasn't that scary, was so is that a little was that on the little heavy side? A little
0: Yeah, no, it wasn't. I felt like you needed to be a bit more like
1: Oh, okay. Hang on. Let me go again. Let me go again. All right.
0: Anyone. Like a
1: sound effect, like... Oh wow. And maybe an echo, like an echo to draw it out or something. What are you talking about? What is going on here? Um. All right. Let me go again. All right. Ready. Five, two, four, three, two, one. Do not tell anyone. Still seems very. Oh, God. Okay. I tried. I tried. Say it maybe. I'll practice. Anyway then let's turn home see ya <laughs> ciao <laughs>